welcome back to the Sideline Live podcast. You can follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at the Sideline Live. We'd love to hear from you. On episode 51, I am delighted to be joined by Bally Bowden and Dublin star Robin McDade. We discussed the many setbacks and challenges he has overcome. We also touched on team culture, a player-driven environment, individual practice and a shooting challenge you can try at home. I thoroughly enjoyed chatting with Robbie, so I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi Robbie, thanks a million for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me Orla, it's great to be here. Delighted to have you on, loads to chat about, but before we get into everything, uh, I just want to kind of go back to a little bit of underage career. Um, when did the dream kind of start for playing for Dublin and when did that kind of come to fruition with, let's say, development squads and underage teams? Yeah, so um, I suppose my first involvement with a development squad would have been under 14 or so. Um, I actually remember going for trials around under 13 and um, having to leave early to go up to Donegal with my family. So <laughs> uh, needless to say, I didn't get a call back, but um, uh, the manager at the time, De- De- I had Desi underage and uh, he came out and had a look at me play against um, Rohini. I actually remember the game very well because Rohini were one of the top teams of my age. And um, I played well in that game. And after that, I got called into the development squad. And I suppose then it kind of became, you know, a, a real possible dream. And, you know, you always want to play with your county and and all that. But, you know, when, when you don't maybe make the squad or anything like that, you can start doubting and uh, kind of get comfortable where you are. But um, no, once I got called in for that, it was definitely where I wanted to be and um, just loved being in that environment with, you know, surrounded by the best players at your age. Did you find that you were at, at a younger age? I know with the minor team, you were full back and captain, but at the earlier stages, did you always stand out growing up or was it when you got into that team, you said they're the best players your age. Did you find that a bit of a jump and a bit of an adjustment period? Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, there's at under twelve they do this Easter tournament. I'm not too sure if they still run it now, but um, where it's north against south, and again, you know the likes of Rohini, Castlenock, they were the very strong teams at my age, uh, growing up. And with Ballybone, you know, towards coming up towards minor, I would have played in Division Two, and um, that that particular tournament, we, I was I only made the the B team for the south side, you know. So, um, Definitely, there was a big adjustment, you know, a lot of learning, uh, definitely, um, around that time. Um, and, yeah, underage, you know, minor, I, I was fullback, but underage, I would have been out towards midfield um, for the club and kind of, you know, moving in and out between the half-back line, midfield and half-forward line. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, no, de- definitely, you know, I found I found a comfort zone in the fullback line when, when I got put there with, um, with Desi at minor and... I played the minor championship with the club at cornerback as well, kind of on a man marking job. So um, you kind of found your your niche at that stage and um, started to hone in on it a bit, yeah. With that minor Dublin team, uh, your name captain. Looking back now, from what you know and your experience, why do you think they named you as captain? And at the time, how did you find that experience and that role within the team? Yes, brilliant honour. And I say, looking back now, and you see what a lot of those lads have gone on to do in the game. It's um. It makes it even more special, almost. Um, I suppose, you know, I, I never would have been the loudest in the dressing room or anything like that. But um, I suppose, you know, when I was given a job to do on the pitch and, you know, um, I'd go out and I'd do that job and maybe it was, you know, led by example more so than anything else. Um, 
and you know I'd get along with the lads as well but without being the loudest as I said but um, I, I suppose maybe that was one of the one of the thoughts behind uh, behind choosing me but um, I'd say yeah, it was such a brilliant honour for myself at the time and I suppose I didn't really realise how big of an achievement it was and you kind of only appreciate it more as you you know, as you move on towards, well, uh, <laughs> not towards retirement yet, but <laughs> as you move on, you know, it's been 10 years now, I suppose, since since that minor year. So, um, and then I say, when you see what a lot of those lads have gone on to achieve, it's just incredible. Absolutely. You made a move then up to under 21, you won an Ireland title and you won a Sigerson actually with UCD, kind of have skipped a couple of years. But at the time, I guess you were doing everything right. You were coming in with the under 21s, winning all Ireland. Sigerson Cup at UCD then the Ireland title with Bally Bowden but you didn't you were called into Dublin squad what was it around 2014 2015 yeah it would have been the end of uh, I think November time uh, 2014 uh, for the 20 season um, yeah so yeah it took, it took a while um, yeah I suppose in, in between my minor year and and my uh, under 21 title I actually took a year out from the Gaelic um, okay so when I went to UCD, I, I took it, I got called up um, straight after mine for 21s under Jim Gavin. Um, but I, I, you know, I was a bit burnt out at that stage. Um, I wasn't necessarily enjoying it as such. And I was in sixth year as well. So I took a step a bit. Um, and then when I went to UCD, I signed up for the Gaelic team there and um, travelled for one game and just said, ah, oh, here, I've had enough. Um, so I actually ended up okay yeah so I ended up playing soccer with them and uh, that that was a brilliant year as well we won the All-Ireland in the soccer um, and I suppose one of my greatest achievements in soccer while it was short-lived was like I got player of the tournament for the all um, so I suppose that kind of interfered with my second year under 21 and then uh, it kind of came around to my last year at 21 and at the, at the same time I'd gone back to playing with the club after a good while out and, okay. and then Desi got in contact with me again saying you'd like me in so uh, I you know after after the heartbreak of losing an all, uh, an all Ireland that minor you know I wanted to make sure I had one um, so I, I said I'd sign up then for the uh, for the 21 season yeah okay so bit, I didn't realise there was a gap the wait sorry a uh, bit, bit of a strange path to go but uh, yeah it was uh, yeah, definitely one benefited from I think overall yeah definitely I actually didn't know you took the year out after minor do you think that was down to as you said leaving search there's a lot going on you were a little bit burnt out and probably losing the final just a couple of things accumulated into one there yeah absolutely yeah I think but yeah I suppose the the year that was in it and losing the final um and then leaving cert the pressures that come with that um and then just a bit of fatigue it was definitely you know a lot to take on young yeah. show and I think it was just, you know, I kind of, I always had an interest in soccer and I, I played two years of it uh, around under 14, under 15 for Wayside Celtic. And uh, I loved, loved those years there, but then obviously gave that up to focus on the minor football. So I think I threw a lot into one, you know, all my eggs into one basket for the minor. And I suppose uh, mentally and physically it took its toll and I just needed a little break from that. Um, so the yeah. soccer, nice little break for it. Yeah, exactly. And then you found then, kind of coming into that under-21, you wanted the All-Ireland, but you were kind of rejuvenated and that love kind of came back. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, you know, it was kind of almost like a redemption type of, type of job. Um, but yeah, no, definitely by then, you know, 
I had had a few good seasons with the club, you know, still playing club at this stage. Um, but um, yeah, I got my love back for it, you know, and I realised that, you know, I was well capable of getting back to that level at, at Intercounty. And, um, you know, I, I had a great year at under 21. I played cornerback for that team um, and I loved it. And yeah, the, the love for the game was back for sure. Did you, did you find that throughout your, the rest of your career, have you ever suffered with that kind of like losing the love of football at all? Um, uh, definitely, yeah. Like definitely around that stage, um, you know, just because as I said, I, I put so much time and effort into it. Um, so de- definitely around then and, you know, every now and then, you you know, you might get lulled, but it, it only kind of comes around times like this where you're injured or, you know, something yeah. like that where you, you actually can't play. Um yeah. Very easy to kind of moan them, but you know when when you're fully fit, you know it's uh, there's no question about how much you know you love it and like all, all your evenings you want to throw towards it as well, which is great. Mm-hmm, totally. Speaking of the, all those evenings, I suppose when you're going into the Dublin panel, and is there a conversation whether with yourself or with Jim where you kind of have a chat about, you know, I'm coming into the team, I'm committing. And I'm putting sort of putting my life on hold here with the commitment wise for Intercounty, and it looks like I won't have, let's say, a, a massive role to play in the team. Yeah, like it's 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 definitely one of those things. You know, I was I was coming into a team. They they obviously had hadn't won the All Ireland uh, that year, but you know they they'd won two in the last three or something like that. So it was quite a successful team, and there's a, a big buzz around it. And you know that was I suppose to 2015. Was at the start of you know the six in a row like so it was, it was quite a quite a strong panel you're going into with a lot of big stars and um you know you're going in as a young lad and I, I suppose you know you don't want to overstep your mark but also you know you want to push and show what you can do yourself but um and I suppose maybe that's one of the regrets I have you know going into a team that's quite successful and, you know, people telling you, oh, well, you just, you know, you have to serve your time type of thing, you know, you yeah. kind of you just go and push in. And, and that's definitely one of the, one of my regrets, maybe kind of going in and thinking, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll learn and definitely you learn, but, you know, maybe not going that extra bit and being a bit more, I suppose, selfish in a way to, to try to push and, and, you know, press yourself and, you know, you're there for a reason. You're not there to fill numbers. Exactly. Were you a bit starstruck maybe coming into the panel? Like you mentioned there, there's a highly successful team and you would have grown up. I know particularly maybe 2011, you played in the All-Ireland minor final and what, an hour later they had, had captured the first All-Ireland title in 16 years. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, you, you see these these big names and uh, you will go in and you would be, you know, you try not to tell yourself you're not, but you are slightly like um, starstruck by the names, but you know, you, you learn fairly fast that they're, they're just like yourself, you know, they're hardworking um, athletes, you know, who are putting in the same amount of effort and you just then take, take a step back and try try pick up, you know, one or two things off them, you know, because I, I would have gone in, I'd say, as a, you know, cornerback or fullback or around the fullback line anyway, and you'd be marking, you know, the top inside forwards. So you learn fairly quickly, you know, what you need to get to and what uh, level you want to get yourself uh, ready for. What were some of those things you picked up marking those top players? Uh, yeah, um, I suppose kind of learn when to attack the ball. Um, okay. They can roll you fairly, fairly handy uh, with with all their experience and all. Um, but I suppose just, you know, 
learning how to read players, learning how not to, you know, sell yourself to a dummy or, you know, just being strong, you know, in the tackle. Um, because you you are really the last line of the defense um, when they're running at you. So um, you know, you do you do kind of when when you get called up and it's your first year, you get thrown into the deep end. But um, you know, it's the best way, it's the best way to pick things up for sure. Absolutely. Did anyone give you any advice kind of starting off in your first or second year at training or in regards to playing for Dublin or just really anything there? Yeah, well, I suppose my own club mates, like when I got called in, um, obviously Michael Dara would have been there um, and Darren Nelson as well. Um, you know, two two lads have given so much to the county and to the club as well. So, you know, I would have, I, I wasn't driving at the time, so I would have gone over with them a few times. Nicky Devro as well from Ballantyre St. John's, he was heavily involved as well. So, you know, you, you'd be listening to them and Darren Nelson and Nicky would have been defenders as well. So, you know, you pick a lot up off, off them and, you know, you're there, you're just absorbing it all, you're soaking it all in. Um, but then you're also, you know, they're, they're also telling you, you know, as I said, you're, you're there to, you know, you're there to contribute. You're not there to just fill, fill the numbers in. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in kind of team culture and stuff like that. And I suppose, can you give us a bit of an insight into the team culture? And as you said there, the excellence that goes into it. And for my, I'm very much an outsider. I don't know what goes on, but is I get the sense that the team is very player driven. Everything kind of comes from the players. Maybe it's facilitated and maybe at the beginning it was by management, but it seems to be that the players really drive everything forward. Yeah, absolutely. Like the as I say, the players there, they're they give so much to it. Um and it would be very player driven. Um in fairness, like the, the standards that the lads set is so high. And I suppose one of those things that, you know, there's always people who would love to who would give anything to be in um, in on the panel as well, who are ready to take your spot if you if those standards slip, and I suppose that kind of is an element that drives a lot of the lads on. Um, but yeah, no, would like in fairness, that's kind of one of the things we pride ourselves on is the player driven and player driven standards. I suppose uh, obviously it's facilitated um, uh, by the management, but it's um, you know it's one of those things that the lads take a lot of ownership on um, and drive on themselves. For yourself, would you have much of like a pre-game routine or pre-tra- pre-training routine? Or I've heard someone before talking about intercounty players show up to train in an hour beforehand. What do you do within that hour and kind of that prep for training beforehand? Yeah, so yes, same job. We show up an hour early and yes, um, again, like some lads, they like to, you know, just use that hour or 40 minutes to chat away and catch up on whatever. But um you know, you'd have you'd have your little area to go do your bit of pre- prehab stuff, and um, you know, going to the physio, get get little rubs or strapping whatever you need, and um, and it's all about you know coming and making sure you're prepared and um, to go out and give your all for the seventy minutes or so in the training. But you know, a lot you know a lot of lads they kind of have their own ways. Um, me personally, you know, I'd go out and I'd get whatever prehab done I need. Uh, but I also like, you know, taking maybe five minutes just before the session, just to close the eyes and literally reset. Because a lot of the times you'd be coming, rushing from work, rushing across, stuck in traffic, um, yeah. be quite manic and quite hectic. And, you know, especially if it was a rough day in work or anything like that, you know, the last thing you want is to drive that into training with you and, and you suffer for it. So, you know, a lot of the lads would just take five minutes to themselves in a just in a room. We'd turn off the lights and just reset and uh, take that forward 
Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, you spoke about before on the takeover about kind of taking learnings from every session. Would you make notes at all about training our matches or is that something you're just kind of making mental notes even? Yeah, more more so mental notes, um, to be honest. But if, if it was something that came up in training, um, say during the session or something, you know, might grab one of the forwards um, and, you know, spend a few minutes at the end of the session just to go through that scenario again and, you know, try to write instead of, you know, I suppose leaving on the back burner and thinking about it and wasting a bit of energy thinking about it. So, you know, you try to try nip it in the bud there or, you know, try develop a new technique and coping with it. Um, so that that's something that, again, a lot of the players would drive themselves, um, mm-hmm. you know, just match up and, and try uh, take those mental notes more so than actually writing them down. Okay, interesting. And I noticed in a couple of articles, I think it was your club manager and a couple of teammates mentioned that you were always looking for feedback and ways to improve. Is that something that you're asking, as you said there, you're asking the forwards or whether it's management or is that something that you would have done regularly? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, like it's 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 something I suppose I've just kind of grown up with, you know, asking and wanting to to improve myself and better myself, and you know that kind of drive for, you know, um, I suppose just pushing your boundaries and see what you can achieve yourself, kind of thing, uh, on a personal level. So yeah, it, w- it would be talking to managers, talking to uh, the defensive coach, talking to other backs, you know, as say talking with. Uh, in the beginning, talking with Nelson and uh, Nicky Devro, you know, two other backs, you're picking up tricks off them. And, um, you know, there's such a wealth of knowledge in that camp, you know, lads who have done so much, um, both on and off the pitch. Um, so, yeah, it, like you'd be, you'd be foolish not to be asking, you know. Um, so definitely it's something I brought with me and it's something I don't hesitate doing either. And kind of, I kind of call it the hidden middle or like unseen errors, but when you make the panel to getting on the match day team and being a regular like you were in 2020 what is that hidden middle what what is the difference between that time is it just the experience is it getting the errors under your belt can you give us a bit of an insight into that hidden middle i guess yeah um i wish i had a, a short answer for that you know <laughs> i spent many years trying to find it um i suppose it is just it's continuing to back yourself you know i would like before i made my championship debut in 2019 in super eights against own um and you know that that year although it ended very well for us and personally you know making my debut was such a big um occasion for me you know it, it was a difficult year because i felt that i'd come into the year in really good shape um football and wise i was playing some of my best stuff ever um, and even and that carried into training and i wasn't making i, I made the first um championship panel um but didn't come on and then from then on i just didn't make any of the teams and it was, uh, you know, it's very challenging. You start questioning, like, because I, I, I say I was playing some of my best football ever, and when you're not making that 26 even, um, it can be very difficult, you know. Um, but it's one of those things, you know, I like I said, when I got into the development squads, I always wanted to play with Dublin, and I knew I wanted to make it a dream. And um, you, you just have to, like, it takes a lot of resilience, but you just have to keep backing yourself and keep, Keep learning, keep asking those questions. You know, I've had a, I had a few conversations with management around them, asking why wasn't I traveling, why wasn't I getting game time, um, you know, they give you little pointers on what you need to work on, and you take that with you, and you just keep driving. And it's definitely something you know that I carried with me. And um, you know, obviously it was a strange enough year, twenty twenty, but you know, I managed to carry that with me into the club, and then in, into um, getting a starting place in twenty twenty. 
Mm-hmm. How frustrating is it? Like you mentioned there, when you're playing well and you don't make the match day panel and you don't travel with the team, how frustrating is it not being involved after putting in so much commitment? And I guess you were there for fri- five years doing that. Was there any point where you did step away and you did say, right, I, I need to take a break from this? Uh, yeah, no, like it, it is very difficult. Um, yeah, so like when I when I got called in 2014 um, and up until I suppose now I was in and out maybe twice um, and one of the summers, 2017 in the league, again, I was just after spend the whole year with them. We won the All-Ireland in 2016. Um, I'd got myself in, in good shape for that season and then in the first game against Cavan, just in the warm-up, very innocuous uh, thing, but it fell and, and injured my elbow, and that kind of league. So um, I actually got dropped at the end of that league campaign in 2017. Um, but again, I think you know, with the frustrations around not getting into squads, and then again with the injury stuff like that, again it might have been a blessing in disguise because you know that summer I went over to Chicago and I played football there and. You know, got to got to experience football in America, which was great, um, and it's something that I, I suppose, you know, had always wanted to experience as well. So, I think that kind of ticked a lot of boxes, um, and I, you know, I came back rejuvenated, came back refreshed again, um, and was ready to go. Um, but then, obviously, due to another injury, I, I didn't actually uh, accept the call up in 2018 because I needed to go for. Uh, surgery on my left shoulder and um, back then okay. so injured it you know, with the club so that kind of was a year to kind of just get focused um get the shoulder right and get back playing regularly uh, with the club okay. yeah so then obviously went back in in 2019. Okay yeah actually I didn't know you've gone through so many injuries would you call yourself a resilient player like I suppose you've gone through a number of setbacks more than I actually thought you've actually gone through uh, I'd like to think I'm resilient. Yeah, um, I've had yeah I've had my fair share of injuries. Um, you know, some will call me injury prone. I, I don't really <laughs> like to use that term, but um, yeah, I've I've, I've picked up a few a few knocks in fairness. Um, but I've always bounced back from them. You know, so it's um, I, I I'd like to think I'm I'm resilient. Yeah, you know, because it's very easy. You know, after one or two to you know to just step away and just say ah oh, I've I've given it a go go. You know, so. Um, but no, like, I, you know, I'm happy with what I've achieved, but I'm not satisfied with it at all. You know, there's plenty left and that kind of that's a big driving factor for me. OK, yeah. And do you find that do you find more that you're more motivated by success, for example, 2020 or those setbacks like you've numbered, you've named a number of injuries there? Yeah, I think I think there's a balance between both. Um, obviously, when you when you, you know, experience that success, you want more of it. And, you know, it is. It's it's very easy to justify putting in all those hard hours, you know, when, yeah. when you get a bit of success. Um, but yeah, on the flip side, like you know, all these injuries and you know, you'd have, you know, pe- people would doubt, you know, they they don't they mean well, but they'd be like, oh, you're always injured, or you know, this, that, and the other, and you know, you you kind of want to prove to them, you know, that it's only a little setback and you can drive on and you can push on and, um. You know that that is a big driving factor for me, and you know not just the injuries, but the fact that I was on the squad and dropped off the squad, and you know not making teams, and you know people kind of saying, "Oh, would you not just give up now?" Kind of job, um, mm. you know, because you know you're, you know, every year you're kind of you're looking at younger lads coming in, and you're like, 
thinking to yourself, will you ever get that go? But um, you know, I knew I knew I would get that go, and I knew I had it in me, and I knew I was good enough. And um, but it was just about kind of keep pushing and just waiting and snapping at the at the opportunity once it came. Exactly. Do you think that was sort of the biggest difference with 2020 that there was that opportunity, whether it was down to change of management or mostly maybe change of personnel? Because I suppose you came into that role that Jack McCaffrey left. Did you think that was nearly the biggest difference in 2020? Um, yeah, there, like there's no no point kind of being red bush. There was an element of that for sure. Like Jack's one of the best footballers in the country. Um, and, you know, that's ultimately the position I took up uh, when I came in. But in saying that, if if Jack had stayed, you know, I think I think there would have been another position there for me because um, I had a very good club championship. Uh, like we lost the final to Ballymun in the end, but, you know, I was playing very, very well um, in, in all those games. And I, I came into it with a lot of confidence and a lot of momentum. Um, the, the nature of the season that was in it, you know, it was quite short. And, um, you know, choppy was quick change around between each game. And um, I knew I had a good chance of getting in there, whether it be at seven or anywhere else. And okay. then it was up to me to to make that jersey my own. And, you know, I'd like to think that, you know, I, I managed that at wing back. Um, and, you know, you, you, again, you get a lot of outside noise, you know, people talking about Jack. And again, you can understand why because of the footballer he is. But, you know, you just kind of, you learn to block that out and, as I say, focus on your own game. And I say, yeah, you have to back yourself and, you know, you're good enough to be there. And, um, yeah, I think I think definitely having the club season before that to build that confidence, build the momentum after, you know, after the first lockdown was a huge, huge plus for me. Mm-hmm. Do you think that it, did you ever find it hard kind of being able to block out the outside noise and maybe the media and kind of just the kind of the, the thing the kind of external factors that come with playing with Dublin was that ever like a struggle for you um to be honest it wasn't really no I've you know I've managed to stay away and keep out of a lot of it um you know you might you might get the odd text from my mum or dad like saying oh you're in the paper or something like that yeah but, you know, them being parents but um I know I, I've managed to kind of you know, keep keep out of that quite well, and my, I, you know, have my parents well warned not to contact me whenever something like that is is up. But um, yeah, I, I I don't think you know I managed to stay away from that, and you know, I've enough. A lot of my good friends aren't actually really into Gaelic football, so you know okay. that plus as well because they won't know the the next thing about it. Yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. And do you find that you? I was listening to, I think it was a Leinster rugby player, and they were saying they kind of have like a, 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 maybe a day before a game, they don't look at their phone or like their their social media. Is that something that you try to do during the season that you don't really look at social media? So, for example, if something was to pop up on, let's say Instagram or Twitter, you wouldn't see it because you're not even on your phone. Um. Yeah. Like I, I've tried it before. Um. But I always find you know kind of maybe the day before you're just taking a handy your mic on a short walk and you're lazing around a bit so um i i, I never really kind of brought in a, a, a you know a one day ban on my phone or anything like that okay. but you know i just i just be careful what i go on you know i wouldn't be going on to any sports websites or anything like that you know yeah, more just yeah. a silly game on my on my phone or something like that or you know just texting in the whatsapp group with the lads um again they don't really know about football so you wouldn't be talking about it and i'd find that to be a good enough distraction um to be honest yeah 
is there anything in particular you do let's say like a routine for before a match is there anything that you're kind of maybe superstitious about uh, I wouldn't say superstitious but I definitely I, I started um, it kind of came about last year actually with lockdown um, I just kind of started going for uh, just a walk before the game with my girlfriend um, you know just three kilometres max maybe just to get a bit of fresh air that morning um, you know in the school way I find just to get a bit of water into me as well as you know to keep the hydration hydration going but um, that's kind of one of the only one of the only kind of things I wouldn't say superstitious now I wouldn't be panicking if I missed it but <laughs> Yeah, um, thing that I've kind of grown to enjoy, and I feel it's good. You know, gets gets the body and mind right uh, yeah. for a man. Would you do any sort of visualization? I suppose that's be- nearly become like a cliche now with Instagram. I think everybody does a bit of visualization. Yeah, no, definitely it's popular at the moment. Um, but yeah, no, to be honest, I would. You know, I I I've I've gone through a few scenarios in my head, um, and you know, I I know it doesn't work for everyone. Um, but for me personally, I, f- I find it does work. You know, you can kind of, you know, it's almost like you're planning ahead and, you know, you, you visualize the good things, you visualize the challenging things. And, um, you know, if, if any of those were to pop up, you know, you kind of, I've been here, I've seen this, I've done this. Um, and I just find it, a, it's a good way for me personally, anyway, to just uh, settle, settle any nerves uh, going into the match. Would you get very nervous for a match? Um, I won't get very nervous now, but I do. I will get a bit nervous, yeah, for sure. Um, I think nerves. I think um, you know they 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 give you that adrenaline uh, that you might you know might need uh, for for a long match. But um, you know, I think yeah, I will get a li- slightly nervous, but um, you know, I I, I would thrive on that uh, to be honest. Okay, very good. And how did you find the twenty twenty season without fans? Do you think did that play into it at all? Like, or is is it true that players can really block out that kind of noise? I don't, I I find it hard to believe when there's eighty thousand people screaming at you, but that's just my perspective from the stands. Yeah, um, I suppose it was it was grand for me because I suppose it's my kind of breakthrough season. Um, and other than warming up in front of eighty thousand fans, I've never actually played in front of them, so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it wasn't too different uh, in that sense. And, you know, maybe, you know, breaking into uh, to the back line that had lads that have been in that back line for a good few years, you know, it was might have been good for me as well just to be able to hear them communicate clearly and really get to know your role a lot quicker. Um, and I suppose that, that helps you settle a lot better as well. Um, mm-hmm. Imagine if you're trying to, you know, play your first game with uh, such noise, you know, it might be a bit more difficult. But, um, you know, I, I saw, personally, I saw it as a big plus. Um, obviously, it's great, great now, though, to see the fans back. And please God, you know, um, pushing forward, you know, those numbers will just increase again and again, and I'll get that chance again in front of them. But, um, you know, maybe just for the first season in, I, I took all the benefits from it, uh, for sure. Speaking about that, that season, the semi-final, you were man of the match. Looking back maybe to like those years where you weren't making the team or even underage, is there anything that you attribute your success now to or maybe something you did when you were younger that you look back and say, God, I'm really glad I did X or Y because now I'm this this calibre of a player? Um, Yeah, I, I, again, I suppose it's hard to pinpoint maybe one one or two things, but I think, you know, I think a lot of things happen for a reason. Um, you, know, you know, if I think back to even taking that year out to play soccer, you know, I think that contributed big time because I got to train with different athletes and, you know, train a different sport. And in saying that, you know, you're working different muscles. Um, 
and I took a lot of learnings from that and then brought that into the club and um and then going off to America, you know, I, I, I think all of those contributed to it uh, because mentally they helped me a lot. Um to, to be resilient, I didn't feel like, you know, I, I feel like maybe I, you know, scratched a lot of itches there as well, you know, because I, I, I did want to experience America and football and, and all that. Uh, over there so I think all of them contributed to it to be honest um, and and then as I say with that with that club championship uh, just after the lockdown I think lockdown gave me a good chance to just recharge the batteries because just that January we had lost the All-Ireland club semis uh, to Kilku as well so that again you know would would drain the energy a bit so um, and in that game I picked up a little knock as well so like it, <laughs> there's a team here <laughs> Team, all right, yeah. Um, but that, yeah, that gave me a few months just to really rehab it, recharge the batteries, and just go with, um, I suppose pure freshness. Um, um, so it's hard, yeah. Again, I don't think I can pick one particular moment, but I think all of them in their own way contributed to it, uh, for sure. I've asked a couple of guests this question, I'm interested to hear your answer. Could you put it as maybe percentage or kind of weigh it up against each other? Is, is football more physical or mental? Oh, it is a very good question. All right. Um, like, <laughs> I, it'd be very hard to give it percentage wise, but it is very much 50 50. Um, okay. Like, obviously, there's a huge physical element to it, and you need to get yourself 100% right. But, you know, to, to do that, you need to be so strong mentally. Um, you know, you need to be happy to, you know, to give up all the maybe the sweet stuff in life uh when it matters um you know to balance it out you might have to you know cut a few parties short um you know you have to balance your work life as well with it which is huge um so i suppose more said it's probably more mental thing at this stage but okay i think that's a huge element and i suppose that leads into the physical uh, side of it mm-hmm. yeah talking about the 2020 final i suppose coming in to that final again there was no fans how did you find that whole experience of winning the title and I know it was a very different year but for you personally being able to go out and play in the final for the first time obviously was a really big achievement for you yeah absolutely it was a, it was a huge honour um, and a huge achievement for me and my family and you know it's it, it is a shame that they couldn't be there in the stadium uh, with with me and with the team but um, I suppose because it was a strange year, um, you know, I got to see them that night and went home and, um, you know, it was, it was just great to, to be with them and, you know, only the family and, you know, it was, it was, it made a real personal moment, um, I guess, um, in which was maybe a long personal journey for me, you know, um, and for them, I suppose, seeing me, you know, kind of seeing me through the highs and the lows of, being on the panel, not getting picked, getting dropped, getting called back in, all that stuff. And, you know, it would have been huge for them. And, um, you know, they, they love the game and uh, they're, they're obviously just delighted to, to see me getting in and getting involved, but then to win it as well, which, which was uh, brilliant. Absolutely. Coming into the 2021 season, after having such a big role in the team last year and because of your injury, how hard was it to not be in with in as much with the team and play as big as a role as maybe you had previously yeah it was uh, it was difficult um it was obviously very very different this year you know 
kind of coming into it, I was thinking my mindset going in was, you know, get the body right, push on, you know, mm-hmm. you know, make even more of an impact. Um, and then for for myself to get uh, the shoulder injury in the first Leinster Championship game, you know, it was very difficult, and it was a, for sure it was a setback. Um, and then I suppose you know your your whole mindset changes. You know, it's all about okay, can I get myself right? You know, I didn't I didn't want it to be a season ender or uh, anything like that. Um, and you know, it was all straight away. It was all about can I rehab this? Can I get myself back? Can I contribute again um, uh, on the on the pitch? And I suppose my role changed. You know, when when you're not on the pitch um, in a player led environment, you know your your contribution changes in a different way. And that's you know you know helping out with the the backs and you know giving a few pointers yourself. If you're obviously looking at it from a different side now, um, different perspective and. You know, trying to get the lads, the, the 20 or so lads that do go out and represent the county to try to get them in the best shape as you can. And, you know, one way is when you're on the pitch against them and, you know, going uh, toe to toe. But when, when you're injured and you can't do that, you kind of have to take a different approach to it. And um, I suppose, you know, was every part of me wanted to be on the pitch. It just wasn't able. Uh, I wasn't able this year, so I had to... Uh, change change that uh, role for for the most part of the season. What advice would you give maybe the younger players coming into the squad, um, from all your lessons you've learned from from being an intercounty player? Yeah, I suppose the you know the big the big one is um, is something I learned myself when I was their age coming in is not not to wait. You know, you're there to contribute, um, and you know not to hold back, not to you know wait for someone to retire or for something to happen or anything like that to really just push on and drive and um you know that's one of the things that I would have said to a lot of the newer lads uh this year was you know naturally enough you know you your mindset might be oh it's great to be here it's great to be involved mm-hmm. uh, but I say you know that's that's no good to the team if if you're not pushing on and um you know that's definitely one thing that I I'd say to any any young person you know that mm-hmm finds himself in a lucky position. Very good. I suppose from all your injuries, you're kind of used to training by yourself at this stage. What's it like? How do you find training by yourself versus the team environment? Um, Yeah, it's difficult. Like, obviously, you prefer to be in in and amongst the lads. Um, There's more crack. um, And it's a lot easier to, you know, bounce off each other's energy and drive yourself on. But, yeah, I suppose, you know, everyone experienced it over the last while with, with the lockdowns as well. Um, you know, getting used to training by yourself. And one thing I found that helps me is going in with a plan. Um, you know, it's very easy to grab a few footballs and just walk out and start kicking a ball. But, you know, try try set targets, try set goals and, you know, come come out of that training knowing you've achieved something um, other than just kicking the ball right and left. So, you know, I, I, I developed a few of my own kind of training techniques and stuff that I could do by myself. Um, and that's both in the gym and out, out of the gym, you know, and it, it might be a bit difficult with the with the football, you know, because you might only have access to one or two footballs and you have to go chase them after every kick. But, you know, yeah. that's set your, your targets and your goals. So you're not just chasing the ball around. Yeah. What, what would you do out in the pitch out of interest? I know we've had conversations about the shooting challenge that you've also come up with. 
Yeah, so the, the shooting challenge would have been one of the big ones uh, for me. Um, you know, that that was just one one way. It's very easy to, you know, to set targets for that and you go right foot and left foot on it. Um, um, but like a lot, of the, a lot of work I would have done is uh, with the ladder um, as well, just on footwork. Um, and that's something I, I bought and I brought that in from the soccer as well because when I played the soccer, it's obviously all about being light on your feet and being quick on your toes and, um, you know, you don't, you don't focus on that really in Gaelic. Um, okay. And then for a defender, um, you know, it's one, one of the most important things. Um, so that's something that, again, just different techniques going through the ladder, uh, front ways, back ways, sideways, all that. And, um, you know, just working on that and hoping to bring that into different drills then when, when it does come to training amongst the lads again. Have you been watching those mad NFL footwork ladders thing with them doing backwards and forwards and swapping legs and stuff yeah i've, I've uh, tried to replicate one of the <laughs> a bit off before i can uh, post any of them up <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah very good i suppose with the with the shooting challenge where did that come from and how often would you do it maybe by yourself uh, i'm just interested because i've been trying it out as well and now i haven't hit 20 yet never mind 30 so i'm a good bit off um yeah, I suppose uh, I'm not too sure where I came up with it, to be honest. Um, I, I might have just taken elements of different drills and put them all into one. Um, you know, just when when you are kind of thinking for yourself to come up with a challenge, it's it's uh, something that, um, I don't know, like I, I think maybe I, I took from basketball, actually. Um, right. I played a bit of basketball as well for Temple Oak um, at my school, and they, they have a drill. Um, that's quite like that I think uh, shooting around the world like that and um, yeah. and again it's the same idea you go around the arc and you, you you're shooting so many shots from each and then you're on your way back so I think I might have I, I might have actually gotten it from that uh, to be honest change it around for the for the Gaelic football um, uh, so I think that's where that kind of came from yeah and how often would you do that drill yourself during the season or maybe even the off season yeah, uh, in, I do it a lot more in the off season. Um, okay. like in the season, especially because of COVID and all, the the games come, you know, uh, around so very short. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot, you know, a lot of your time off training is actually just recovering and getting the body right. And mm-hmm. um, so it'd be a lot more difficult to to get out and do them. But uh, in in the off season now, I try to get it at least once a week, um, type of thing, just to you know, because I do, I do believe in. The importance of getting a mental break uh, you know yeah. from late but you know at the same time you you want to just you know keep tipping over and um you know i think it's a nice way to kind of get out a bit of fresh air it doesn't take that long to do and you can kind of just keep keep tabs on how your kicking's going when you come into the new season exactly yeah as an intercounty player i'm i'm interested in kind of the, the time and how much you actually think about the game could you Give us maybe you don't even have to give us a number, but just like sort of an estimation of how often do you actually think about the game, maybe over a day or during the week? Um, a lot. <laughs> uh, like you, you would be so obviously when you're training, you know, you'd be out an hour early, and it might take you an hour to get there. Um, with traffic and all that, and then you're you're coming home late, and you know, so whilst you're there, it's you know you're thinking about it for the most part anyway getting yourself right on any meetings or anything like that. Um, but then even off, you know, um, on your days off, you might be, you know, going in, looking at videos of training and, you know, trying to pick up a lesson uh, or see where things went right or where things went wrong and where where can be improved. And and then obviously getting yourself right and looking at 
who you're coming up against, a bit of op- opposition analysis and, you know, it's it's so important to see who you're you're coming up against. And, you know, so it, it will take up a lot of time, even when you're not physically there training. And, um, you know, there is a, a good bit behind it as well. Yeah, I had an interesting conversation with your teammate, Johnny Cooper, all about habits. And at this stage of your career, do you think that you mentioned there the kicking once a week in the off season and a couple of different bits like say eating well sleeping well do you think it's now more of a habit than a daily choice of right I should do the right thing here uh, absolutely yeah. and it's you know at the, at the start when you're starting off you want to create good habits and you know when, once you start doing it quite often it just becomes part of you and part of your routine and um, I, like I would never see doing that shooting drill say I would never see that as a chore Um. No, it's just one of those things that I know it benefits me and um, it's, it's yeah, it's something that has become a habit and it's just something I do naturally enough now. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the, the biggest difference between club and inter-county football? Um, yeah, again, like the, the club football has improved drastically uh, over the last number of years and that's just not true not just talking about standard, but like even just the time and commitment that goes into it. And I know obviously I'm very fortunate to be in, in a club like Bally Bowden with mm-hmm. lads who are, you know, given just as much as any inter-county lad when it comes to the club. And, and when I say that, it's opposition analysis and again, looking at trainings and sending clips to each other and all. Um, so again, it's, you know, there, there might be a little small element of, you know, maybe obviously it's slight time consuming, you know, you're traveling a bit further maybe for the trainings and all that as well. And um, you're literally training amongst the, the best in your county as well. But, you know, the, the way the club game has gone and I see it myself with, with my own club is it's, um you know, it's catching up big time and it's it's great, it's great to see. And it's it's great to see lads who, you know who are doing that again, like like the inter county. You know they're they're just doing it uh, to create their own habits and um, driving their own standards as well. Mm-hmm. For any of the younger listeners uh, that are listening at the moment, is there any particular skill or attribute that we maybe overlook as coaches that they should work on themselves? Um, I I think one of the main things is being able to listen. Um, and that's like it, it, I don't know if it's quite cliched as well, but you know, a lot of people give tips on maybe kicking with their, you know, their weak foot and all that stuff. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm a teacher as well and I've coached a few of the football teams and I, you know, you're dealing with every type of player there. And I, I definitely think one of the best skills you can have is just being able to listen and take lessons on board. And, um, you know, that would definitely be one of my, that would be my biggest advice for any young person coming up because, you know, coaching those teams, a lot of those lads, you know, got onto the starting 15 and they mightn't have been the best player, but, you know, they were able to listen and they're able to, you know, take those lessons on board and be as effective as they could. Again, they mightn't have been the best, but in terms of what they brought to the team, you know, they were so effective. And um, I think that's a, a huge skill. And, you know, and, you know, it's just putting an ego to the side, you know, um, I think when we're all young, we think we know a lot, but, um, you know, be happy to take what what has been said to you on board and you might not always agree with it um, and you can be free to challenge it, but don't dismiss it. Um, I think that'll be a big one for sure. 
So do you have a future in, in coaching? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> uh, to be honest, I actually wouldn't mind it. I don't think. Um, okay. I think first, like, again, it's, it's time consuming, but uh, when you're there for the 60 minutes or whatever, it's, it's, it's great, you know, and to have, you know, kids happy to, to listen and train and, um, you know, just seeing them give their all, um, you know, I get a lot of satisfaction out of that. So, um, yeah, it could, could be down the, down the line. All right. Yeah. What kind of coach were you? Were you screaming from the sidelines? One of them? I'd like to say I had a bit of both. <laughs> uh, it depended. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to, I'd like to think I was calm enough, um, when it came to it, but um, yeah, a few more uh, players could tell you differently, all right? Yeah, yeah. I have to I have to get on to them for the honest answer. But I'm going to move on to the sideline seven. It's the same seven questions at the end of every episode. Uh, question one, what is your favourite quote? Uh, yeah, so I had a good think about this. Um, my favourite quote, there's, there's a good few ones, but one that resonates with me a lot is, um, we cannot become what we want to be by remaining what we are. And... Uh, I think the reason I chose that one is because I suppose, you know, when, you know, when you get fortunate to be in certain positions, you know, it can be quite easy to sit back and be happy with what you have. Um, and, you know, I, I think I, I stand by that a lot. You know, you want to, you know, you want to get the most out of you as possible and you want to become what you are capable of becoming and I think that's one quote now that resonates with me big time and you know it's just about looking for you know little tweaks in your game and pushing forward and driving on um so yeah it'd be it'd be that quote there very good second question best sporting event you've been to uh so for this one um it would have to be any of the all-Ireland finals uh football finals I've been to um I'd say the first one I was ever at was 20 um 2011 where I actually played in the minor final myself but you know my my dad's from Donegal and my cousin Paul Durkin played for Donegal so we're at the following All-Ireland final in 2012 and um you know just any of those as a spectator were just magical and then obviously being involved in a lot of them myself were just incredible um and then outside of Gaelic I suppose maybe I'm a big Celtic fan so okay a good few years ago I went to Champions League match uh, in the round of 16 against Juventus. Um, that was quite spectacular as well. Just, that, just again, different sport and all, but, you know, you grow up watching Champions League and watching the biggest names in the game, and um, that was quite magical as well. Is there any particular sporting event that's on your bucket list? Uh, oh, yeah, there'd be, be uh, a few now. I'd love, to, I'd love to go to Euros or World Cup um, and just experience, um, just experience those and... Again, maybe because I played basketball when I was younger, I'd love to go to an NBA game. Um, yeah. I think I think they're all doable. Um, obviously, preferably I'd like Ireland to be involved in maybe the World Cup or the uh, the Euros if I was to go, but uh, might have to wait another few years. Yeah, I was just about to say maybe a couple of years. Uh, looking back, what is the biggest setback or challenge so far in your career? I, I suppose it'd be wrong of me not to mention a few of the injuries. Um, yeah. I've had my fair share of them and you know, they range between concussion to left shoulder to right shoulder to whatever. So, you know, they they each each in their own right were a big setback, you know. But um, I, I saw them as opportunities, you know, to focus on what I could and what I needed to and get them right and get the body right. Um, 
you know, and uh, I think I think they were maybe the biggest setbacks, but also the biggest uh, driving factors. Mm-hmm. Kind of on the flip side of that, what is your biggest achievement on or off the pitch? Uh, so I suppose on the pitch, uh, personally, it would have been um, winning the Club All Ireland in 2016 with Ballyboden, and uh, and then winning the All Ireland last year in 2020 with Dublin. Um, mm-hmm. You know, to be on the pitch for both of those um, were just incredible you know you always you, you, I say as a young kid you dream of playing for your county and and then you, you dream of winning all Ireland with them and to be on the pitch for that was incredible and and then the club one you know it's one of the most special medals out there and um, mm. and to to win that with the, the lads you grow up with and lads you see every day of every week you know that that was incredible um in itself um so they were on the pitch and then uh, off the pitch, um, again, pro- probably one of the biggest uh, moments for me was um, after the balcony uh, collapse in um, Berkeley um, a few years back. I I knew a few that were affected. Um, so myself and a few of my friends, we started a, a fundraising campaign uh, for them for Berkeley. And uh, we raised over eighty thousand. Um, wow. Those families um, that were affected. So that that was definitely one of my biggest achievements off the pitch. Um, you know, just being able to to help those families uh, in whatever way. And you know, to it was done over seventy two hours. It was a cycle over seventy two hours, and uh, it was based in Dundrum. And you know, just seeing everyone come together and you know contribute in whatever way they could, whether it was to you know, sit on a bike for two hours and do a shift at 2 a.m. in the morning for us or even, you know, Dundrum were great. You know, a lot of the shops were giving us food and, you know, supplies to help us with uh, with that fundraising campaign. So, um, yeah, that definitely uh, something I hold uh, very dear to me. Wow, that's incredible. Uh, looking back, what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? Uh, the advice I give to my 18-year-old self would be um, not to wait. Um so, you know, I spoke about getting, you know, called into teams and, you know, kind of people telling you to serve your time and, you know, oh, you're coming into a successful team and all that. But, you know, if, if I could tell myself uh, 18 years old now not to wait and, you know, don't don't take that as an excuse. Uh, that's what I would do. And, you know, that's something I tell a lot of kids nowadays, you know, to, to drive on, uh, push on, don't wait for things to happen, make them happen yourself. Very good. Uh, who'd be your dream dinner guest and why? And you can open up the table to a couple of people. Uh, well, I think anyone who knows me very well would know that uh, Henrik Larsson would be number one on the list. Uh, okay. I'm a big Celtic fan um, and he was my hero growing up. Um, so he'd, you know, he'd, he'd be the very first name on the list. Um, if I was to add one or two, one or two others, oh, I don't know, maybe... Barack Obama wouldn't mind chat with him um, as well. Um, but de- definitely Henrik Larson for sure would. Uh, yeah, that will be that be the dream. Would Would you be cooking dinner? <laughs> well, come back. I don't think he wants me. I might order in that night. <laughs> Very good. Uh, final question before I let you go. If your life was a book, what chapter would this be called? Um. Yeah. Difficult question. Um. I'd probably, if I was to be quite cryptic about it, I'd probably just call it opportunity. Um, okay. And again, the reason why is because, as I say, I came into this season, you know, 
looking to push on. Um, I had the setback with my shoulder, had the surgery on it there recently as well. So, you know, it's it'd be quite easy for sit for myself to sit back and just you know you know kind of feel sorry for myself. But um, I think now you know I, I see this as an opportunity for myself. Um, to you know to I say to get myself right to work on things that needs to be that need to be worked uh, worked on, and that's you know that's both football and that's in in work general life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I, I, you know, I'd, I'd like to look at this next kind of, I suppose, chapter uh, as a as a huge um, opportunity. Brilliant. Look, Robbie, thanks so much for your time. I really enjoyed that. I just want to wish you the best of luck with your injury and on and off the pitch. And thanks a million again. Thanks for having me, Orla. Thank you. massive thank you to Robbie for joining me today I thoroughly enjoyed our chat so I hope you got something from the episode be sure to try out the shooting challenge which will be linked in the description box below if you are listening on Apple Podcasts I'd really appreciate if you could leave a rating and a review as it does help the show grow don't forget to follow us on social media at The Sideline Live and check out the website thesidelinelive.com for more thanks for listening and I'll catch you in the next one